ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and evangelistic service family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 558, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. Uh, this unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible through as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading Psalm 72, 1 through 10. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your eternal word. And I pray that you would grant me your energy, your strength, and your grace, your unction, and your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your holy word, to comprehend your holy word, to understand your holy word, to love it more, to cherish it more, to obey it more, and to apply it to our lives more. In Jesus Christ's holy name, I do pray. And then, Lord, help us to preach it more and to preach your gospel more. And we pray that more souls would be saved by the hearing of your good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is in his name we do pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers, and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible at Psalm 72, verses 1 through 10, a psalm for Solomon. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people, he shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor.
They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. Help us to remember it. Help us to hide it in our hearts. Help us to meditate on it in a very real sense. And help us to love it more and to cherish it more and to obey it and to apply it to our lives and to preach it more and to preach your holy gospel in such a way that people will hear it and come to know you as Savior by it. For it is your good news. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, my beloved, Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House Daily Devotional Reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 147. And we're at Psalm 16:8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. The fear of death at one time cast its dark shadow over the soul of the Redeemer 
and we read that he was heard in that he feared. Well then, may God help us. <laughs> there appeared unto him an angel strengthening him, perhaps the heavenly messenger, reassured him of his glorious resurrection as his people's surety and of the eternal joy into which he should admit the flock redeemed by blood. Then hope shone full upon our Lord's soul, and as recorded in these verses, he surveyed the future with holy confidence, because he had a continued eye to Jehovah and enjoyed his perpetual presence. He felt that, thus sustained, he could never be driven from He felt that thus sustained, he could never be driven from his life's grand design, nor was he, for he stayed not his hand till he could say, it is finished, and may I say, glory be to God. Or what an infinite mercy was this for us in this immovableness caused by simple faith in the divine help. My, my, my. Jesus is to be viewed as our exemplar. To recognize the presence of the Lord is the duty of every believer. I have set the Lord always before me. And to trust the Lord as our champion and God is the privilege of every saint. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. May I say glory be to God. <clears throat> I hear you say, say it preacher. While you sip your green tea or your apple cider lemon drink, or your coffee. By the way, I had a cheap coffee earlier, well, earlier today, but later than I normally do, and it showed up and showed out, so. Stop by Walmart and get you some great value coffee. You'll be all right. Every now and then you got to get great value. Anyway, my beloved. The Apostle translates this passage. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. 
Acts 2.25, the eye of Jesus' faith could discern beforehand the continuance of divine support to his suffering son. By the way, since I brought up the coffee, I need to apologize to somebody publicly. My baby daughter, Danielle Elizabeth Breedlove White, I told her I would give her a little bit of coffee this afternoon. We normally drink uh, coffee in the morning or tea, and I, I got some, and it was so late that I, I didn't give her any, so she can have hers tomorrow. So forgive me, Danielle. She's right here with me. Anyway, um, as we continue, as I was saying, the Apostle translates this passage, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. Acts 2.25 The eyes of Jesus' faith could discern beforehand the continuance of divine support to his suffering son in such a degree that the that he should never be moved from the accomplishment of his purpose of redeeming his people yea the lamb of god who has taken away the sin of the world and i'm adding some things by the power of God at his right hand, he foresaw that he should smite through all who rose up against him. And on that power he placed the firmest reliance. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you so much for this entire time. It blesses my heart each and every day, being with your people, standing between the living and the dead. Thank you for this encouraging devotional time to our souls, to our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. And by the way, my daughter Danielle Elizabeth Brelove White is going to be all right because I'm going to take out to get some popcorn. And so that'll make everything all right. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as we continue uh, towards the family uh, segment, what I call the family verses, the commandments of God to each member of the family. And now we are in the portion of this passage, the family passage, where God commands the husbands. Don't you love it that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is over everybody? And God does not speak in uh, the way of advice and counseling like our family counselors do or pastor uh, counseling goes 
he speaks in commandments. You do what I say, you'll be blessed. Your family will be blessed. You don't do what I say, your family will not be blessed. It's very simple. Uh, whereas God commanded the wives to submit themselves to their husbands as unto the Lord, to subject themselves to their husbands as unto the Lord and as the church subjects herself to Jesus. That's automatic. Everybody knows that. It doesn't matter what kind of denomination you are a part of. Everybody understands you don't cross Jesus. You don't disrespect Jesus. He's the head of the church. If you don't understand that, you're probably not saved and you're not a part of the church. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That is a commandment. That's not a little tool to try to make you have a better marriage with your wife and a better family. It's not a little key that you find in these plethora books by our sweet evangelical and Baptist and charismatic writers around the world. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, what do you do with that, husband? You just do it. And you can't do it if you are not saved, if you're not born again. That's not going to work for you. You've got to have God's agape love. Your wife may not be interested in agape love. She may be more interested in what she calls your love, whatever that is, which you don't have any love in you. You're a devil like the rest of us, and you need to be saved. I, I don't care if you like it or not, sir. You don't have any love, man, and you need to tell her the truth. Any love that you have, I guarantee you it comes from God. Real love, real love, I guarantee it. Because your love is not going to last a hot minute. Uh, because the truth of the matter is you can love with your love multiple women hmm? you know it's true so your love is not worth a penny I said it's not worth a penny you can like it, lump it, or choke on it sir and so regardless of what she might want or what she says you better have God's agape unconditional love for that marriage to last and to be real, and to be able to put up with the things you didn't see before you got married. Look at me real good if you can, and see if I'm playing with you, because you didn't see some things. She hid some things from you before you got married to her. Now you see some things you never saw before, and you don't like them. And if you don't have God's agape love, you're not going to stick with her like you should. As soon as you get a chance, you're going to be gone. Or at least your love is going to be gone. Your love, your thrill, the thrill is gone, will be gone soon. Mm -hmm. Even to the point where you hate her so much you don't even want to touch her. See? Now, you know, that's not God's love. That's, that's your love that has gone away. These people who 
hate each other so much after marrying each other a few months, four months, six months, 12 months. They don't even touch each other, don't even want to have sex with each other, which they enjoyed in the past. There's something wrong somewhere. What happened? You couldn't keep your hands off of her at one point. Now you can't stand her, and you can't stand the thought of touching her, and she can't stand the thought of you touching her. So, here we go again. Husbands, love your wives. That's a choice. And God will help you make that choice. And God will help you uh, show that love to her. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And it is not a love. You, you will find that God's love is not always sugary and sweet and cotton candy and apple, uh, candy apple and all of that, my beloved. It's not that at all, really. <clears throat> God's love is strong. Uh, but God's love is not always sweet. It is sweet, but it may not taste sweet all of the time, is what I'm trying to get across to you. Okay, I know that sounds foreign to you. Because you think that love is always sweet and syrupy and saccharine and, 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 and all of that. It's not that. It's not that. It's a father's love. Now check it out. You see, a father's love is different than a mother's love. Now all children need both loves. They need the father love and the mother love. And it's a, uh, yes, it is God's love if the people are saved. God's a godly love, but it's a family love for that child. And that mother is going to have a more uh, uh, nursing kind of a love and wanting the child to feel good and comfortable. And the child, uh, she's concerned about the child being well. And, and if, you know, the kind of mother who, when the child maybe cuts a finger or whatever, uh, she kisses the finger, she kisses the sore, and tell her, and comforts the child, and says it's going to be, and says it's going to be all right. A father's love is different now. A father's love is not like a mother's love. And our love is closer to our Heavenly Father's love. He's more concerned about our entire well-being. God's God the Father's love is more concerned about you make sure your heart is right with me. Your spirit is right with me. Your soul is right with me. And then you'll be alright. And you'll be at peace. And you will have joy. A father understands that. Whereas a mother may not really get, get a hold of that. Like, uh, like God does. Like Jesus does. Like... God has put in a father to do, a head of household to do. A head of household, a husband, a father, they're more concerned about the underpinnings of things, not just the, if you will, overpinnings of things, how things look on the top. They're more concerned about how things look underneath. Your attitude, your spirit, 
your motives. Are you doing this for the right way? Are you a hypocrite? You act one way around the church folks, but you act another way around us in the, in the family. We, we can't have that. <clears throat> you act like you love your children around other mothers, but you don't act like you love your children at the house. And, we, and we're big and bad enough to tell you so about your hypocrisy. See, that, that, that's love too my brothers and my sisters and there's some um, uh, wives and mothers who don't like me for telling them the truth like I've told my wife the truth for years I'm telling you the truth and the truth will set you free uh, in fact you will never be free without the truth and that's love too a true husband understands that a true father understands that that you have to say for example uh I have, God has blessed me with many children, and there are some things I've had to rebuke them about and chastise them about. And every last one of them loved me more than they loved their mother. Every last one of them. And I'm the one who was the disciplinarian. Papa did not play, and they know it. And they've turned out great. By the grace of God, because I love them the way a father should love them. Not letting them have their way, doing what they want. My wife is standing beside me right now, serving uh, in the ministry with me. You say, well, what is she doing right now in the ministry? She is moving the mouse. That's all she... You say, now you can... Preacher, now you know you can move your own mouse. Yes, I can. But I, I always give her something to do. And she's standing right beside me right now doing that for after 34 years. Do we have a wonderful, stellar, sweet marriage? Original match type marriage? No, we don't. Do we hold hands when we walk into Walmart? No, I don't do that. We don't do that. Are we happy for those who do? Yes, we are. I am. What is my point? She's still here because I've loved her with God's love without compromise, without letting her have her way when she uh, uh, wanted to have her way. With, by telling her the truth from day one. That's love too. And you can lie to your wife and you can tell her that dress looks on her, it looks good on her when it doesn't, all you want to. And women are not stupid. As I've told you mothers, children are not stupid. As I've told everybody, even pets are not stupid. They know if you truly love them. They will your wife will appreciate you, appreciate you more if you told her the truth. There are women who like to hear lies, but that's only temporary. Eventually, they want a man who's going to love them enough to tell them the truth, and a man who's going to hold them accountable for the glory of God and for Jesus' sake and for their own good. At the same time, my wife has always been free to go if that's what she wants to do. I'm not going to do anything to stop it. It's all up to her. And between her and God. 
but I, I am not going to compromise to keep her. And I've always told you, you can leave any time you want, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord up in here. And I'm not going to let you to be a. I'm not going to let you be a conduit for the devil to come into my house and uh, torture my children or torture me. And I meant that thing. I told her that before we got married. I said we're going to do this God's way or no way, and that mean and no way means everything, anything, whatever. And ain't mad at nobody. So we're going to stick with that one verse tonight, my brothers. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. My dad was a very loving man, but he loved us too much. And he let my wife, uh, let my mother, rather, his wife, and, and, uh, and, and the four children get away with murder. Might as well, not literally, but might as well. It was terrible. He was never taught this. He got caught up into the movement of happy wife, happy life, and that's not true. So you need to be happy whether she's happy or not. She has to bring happiness to the table through Jesus. Your wife is probably not saved if she's not happy. You're probably not saved if you're not happy, because if you have Jesus, you cannot help but be happy and be joyful and be cheerful, man. That's automatic. It doesn't mean you won't have any problems, but that's automatic. You need to be able to recover quickly as a child of God. And Jesus will help you if Jesus is living on the inside of you. See? And if your wife cannot take correction and rebuke, then you don't need her, as far as I'm concerned. Because she's not perfect. Only the world and the church and the pastors and the pastor's wives think your wife is perfect because they try to use your wife to control your family and control you right outside, right out of the church. Okay? So you be, you're the pastor of that family, not the pastor at the church, sir. And you do what the Lord needs you to do. And I mean that. You'll be better off. You'll be better off. If you get a check in your spirit about something, you tell, you speak it. Do not hesitate. Don't bite your tongue like my dad did to keep the peace, because there's no peace anyway, man. If you all are, are cramped up in your spirit and, and sad and depressed in your spirit, and you got a check in your spirit about uh, things that are going wrong with your wife or your children, and you, you biting your tongue and not saying anything, that, that, that's not peace. There's no peace in that. I know of a, a, of a, a, a child. My, uh, my uh, I mean, uh, one of my children, she did not have a peace about something. It troubled her. It bothered She does not really fully understand it yet, but it, it just was not... It's not something she wanted to, to do. And uh, she was troubled in her spirit. And uh, not until she had a check in her spirit and God moved her and said, you know what, don't do that. And, and, and it was told up to her, she's of age. She's a grown woman. And uh, it, it wasn't until she 
decided, you know what, I'm not going to do that right now. And, and it, her, it, her whole continents change. Now, I know all about that. You, if you're saved, you know all about that. When we are faced with a decision and, and, and one thing is not really what God wants us to do, we're troubled about that thing. We don't have peace about it. And if you're, if you, if you're all constipated about it, you can't say anything to your wife because she's going to act crazy and act like a devil woman and your, children, your teenage children are going to follow her and act crazy too. First of all, who told you to start taking a vote in your family? Like the Cosby family. Look what Cosby is. You know, don't, be going, don't be trying to base your family on some TV show. There's no vote. There's no vote, man. No voting. No voting about nothing. You make the decision. God puts a check in your spirit about something. You say, no. No, we're not doing that. That's all there is to it. You get huffy and puffy and mad all you want to. Here are the things that my wife has done down through the years for 34 years. And that's why I have uh, asked her, is she truly born again? Is she saved? And, and I'm challenging her about that even to this day. First of all, she'll blow. Like she's going to blow the whole house down. And she, she has never blown my house down. I say, you can blow all you want to till you're blue in the face. Doesn't matter to me. Because I'm not caught up in that evangelical foolishness trying to please you and make you happy. Because if you're not happy through Jesus, I certainly can't make you happy. Then she'll roll her eyes halfway out of her head. And uh, uh, then uh, the third thing she'll do is smirk if she's really angry. Smirk. Some of you men, you know about this, don't you? Uh, you can still love them and still correct them and tell them that is disrespectful. You're not doing what God told you to do. It's not about what I'm telling you to do. God has commanded you, as you will see, as you have heard the past few days, rather. And as you have heard for almost 800 days in this service, standing between the living and the dead. God has commanded you as a wife to respect your husband. Blowing like you want to huff and puff and blow the whole house down, which you're not. After 34 years, my wife has never blown the house down. Or the ministry down with all of her blowing, rolling her eyes like the devil. Uh, I said, one day you're going to roll your eyes right out of your head. Smirking, which is very disrespectful. Men, isn't that right? Huh? It's, it's just, this is in their sinful nature to do that. And what you, and God expects you still to love her. But loving her is not letting her have her way. Loving her is not rebuking her for the evil. And you need you say, well, I, I'm just tired of rebuking her. Well, don't get tired. I, I, I mean, God never told you to get tired. I never told you to get tired. Don't get tired. Because evil has to be rebuked every time. Be it your wife or in your children's lives or whatever. You, only, you know, let God do the uh, blinking at and the skipping. You know, so, but uh, lovingly as a father, and there's something you can overlook when you want to, uh, as long as you dealt with it thoroughly in the past. Uh, because they know. And, and, and don't be afraid. 
Do you know there are more women afraid of women than women of, of men in this society today? Because of how the devil has tricked pastors and pastors' wives and churches to teach this foolishness. And now half of those preachers who taught this foolishness are gone, quit the ministry. 30% are dead. We only have about 20% left. If that of godly pastors and preachers. So don't, you are the pastor of that household. Don't do what, uh, do what God told Ezekiel. Don't be disturbed by their faces. You do what I tell you to do. And I'll bless you. I've told you this before and I'm going to say it again and then we're going to close out. One of the reasons why God has chosen to bless my life in the way that he has is because I never hearkened to the voice or the blows or the smirks or the rolling of the eyes of my wife. That didn't, that, that didn't mean anything to me 34 years ago. It does not mean anything to me now. See? Nor do I hearken to the voice of anybody. My grown children, teenage children, uh, friends, uh, whoever, who tries to turn me away from doing what God called me to do. They can try all they want to. I have enemies in my own family. Always remember, a prophet is not without honor, saving his own family. Don't, don't let that bother you. My wife is my greatest enemy, instead of being my greatest friend and supporter. And that spirit is passed down to other people in the family, and already is in people in the extended family. As long as you put the Lord first with Him, you're going to be fine, sir. That means that there are going to be a thousand and one things you're going to tell your wife to do and the family to do and go into a certain direction that they're not going to like. You go anyway. And after a while, by and by, you might be dead and gone. They're going to see that you were right. Don't try to prove that you're right. Don't try to... Uh, uh, don't waste your time in your life trying to convince them that you're right. You just do what God leads you to do. And you'll be alright. Let's pray for other families. Families that need the Lord and families who say they know the Lord. Those who uh, go by the name of Jesus Christ. And let's pray for others. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for this time together uh, in your holy word and in prayer. We pray for all families that do not know your Savior. We pray for their salvation. Those who do know your Savior, help them to obey your holy word no matter how they feel or what they think and help them to stop creating and trying to create family in their own image. It will never work. And Holy Father God, we pray 
for your true agape love to rule and reign in the lives of all husbands. For without it, the whole marriage and family is doomed. We also pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot thank you for all of the services that we've had over the past two weeks and over the past 700 plus days and over the past thousands of days now. Lord, thank you for doing what you did. And now, Lord, we uh, pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving. And uh, Holy Father God, comfort them as only you can. Draw them to yourself as only you can for salvation. Lord, help us to stop thinking that we can do stuff that we can't do. All we ought to do is obey you and pray to you and leave it in your hands. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, for the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues, even financial plagues, economic plagues, medical plagues. Come to find out today more people have monkeypox than they thought. And we pray now also for the family and friends of, we pray for some people by name, the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Angela Chapman Gist. We pray for the family and friends of Utah resident Joseph Allen Burt. We pray for the family and friends of Albanian resident Rasam Taki. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Mississippi resident Madison Victoria Stanley. What a beautiful name, Lord, and yet she is dead. And Lord, we're all going to die, and we all need to understand that and accept it. Help us to accept it and get with your program. And Lord, we pray for the family and friends of Spanish resident Dionis Rubquiri. We also pray, Lord, for all people who, or rather, we pray for all people who name the name of Christ. And Lord, may I say to you today, thank you for the life of Billy Graham. Thank you, Lord, for the family giving me the honor and the privilege and a glorious invitation to his homegoing, which was one of the highlights of my life. And Lord, I know that you did it. You did that. These people don't even know me. I have never given a dime to the Billy Graham evangelistic uh, organization, ministry. I have supported Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham's ministry. I've never been to a Billy Graham crusade, but I do believe my dad got saved through that ministry. And uh, I thank you, Lord, that he stood for you. And uh, I just thought I would thank you for that. But Lord, I also want to pray, Lord, for all 
people who name the name of Christ. Have mercy and grace upon us all and forgive us all of our sins. I guess I thought of him for regarding this, and that sin is, we have disobeyed your great commandment and we have disobeyed your great commission. Forgive us and help us to truly repent. Help us also, Lord, to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also pray, Lord, today that uh, for all who are in government, in the ministry of government, they all get so much criticism. And we in the church should get most of the criticism, Lord, really. Not you, but us. We have failed you. We have failed Jesus Christ. We have failed your holy word. We have failed our children. We have failed this country. We have failed the world because we simply did not obey your commandments. And Lord, how you <clears throat> allow us to live, some of us to live, and how and thank you, Lord, for chastising and rebuking, and many are not living because they have failed you so badly and disobeyed your word. But, Lord, it's a miracle that the rest of us are still here. I give you the glory, praise, and honor. Do with us as you see fit. And, Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would revive those of us who are left behind. Not in the rapture, but left behind from the thousands, yea, the millions who have died. Thank you for sparing our lives. And we don't even deserve it, as you know. And Holy Father God, we uh, pray For those in the ministry of government around the globe from the president on down and around the globe we pray for the peace of jerusalem we pray that you prepare us for the rapture and for the second coming of christ in every way lord everything is in your hands let your will be done and Holy Father God, we also pray for all of your persecuted Christians that you would protect them and provide for them and bless them and lead them and guide them and direct them and deliver them and keep them safe in Nigeria, in America, and in China and around the world. For, Holy Father God, much has not changed since the early days of the church. <clears throat> uh, 
and serious, sad persecution is going on around the world. And so, Lord, comfort your people as only you can. Draw them to yourself. The families that are suffering from 50 people being shot dead in that church in Nigeria. God, have mercy upon their souls. Lord, have mercy upon the people left behind, the families left behind who are devastated. And Holy Father God, we also pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we pray now for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests. Down through the years, thousands of folks, thank you for the strength to pray for them all repeatedly regarding their needs, and Lord, we praise you and we thank you. for hearing and answering thousands of prayers. What a journey. What a blessing it is to be used by you and uh, led by you to do great things in the earth. And thank you, Lord, for blessing my entire family to be a part of that. All of my children have served you every day of their lives. Lord, uh, under my leadership, and I pray that they would continue to serve you throughout their lives with peace and joy. And Holy Father God, we pray for Pastor Bushibi, and we pray for all of the people on the prayer list. We pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical protection upon all of your people. Protect all from monkeypox. Protect them all from the coronavirus plague. And Lord, we pray for Pastor Bushibi and we pray with him as we together thank you for the souls saved and people healed and delivered at their church meetings. Please guide Robert on whether to partner with the Rotary Club, Bogoma, Kenya. Please bless Melanie's doctor's appointment and heal Timothy completely. Please bless them with a water well. Enable them to register church properties with the government. Deliver them from economic hardships. Bless them with peaceful elections. Bless them with church construction and financial resources for open-air gospel crusades. Bless them as they fast and pray. We pray, Lord, for Maris, for Jason, Michelle, and their families to get saved. Restore their relationships with Tekla and Maris and help them to follow God's direction, your direction. We pray for Naeem. Please bless him with Bibles for 1,000 people to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved by hearing the gospel all around the world and trusting your Savior. We pray, Lord, for S. Dennis, Josephine, Lynette, Joyce and in. We pray also, Lord, for the people who 
recommitted their lives to Christ, Richard, Christ, or rather Richard, Chris, or Ozael, and Agi. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives. And Lord, uh, glorify your holy name through their lives. Lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege to fellowship with you. I don't know why you did it, but I thank you for doing it. I don't understand your love, but I thank you for your love. Thank you that you want to fellowship with such wretched people as we are. And thank you for the blessings that you have given us through the death, burial, and resurrection of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I cannot thank you enough. And so, Lord, let your will be done and not our will be done. Bless and anoint all of the other podcasts we do and all of the other services. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time. Now, dear friend, if you are with us today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world. These are the words of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world. That means that if you are in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten son. God gave up his only begotten son to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He shed innocent blood on the cross for your sins because Jesus Christ never committed a sin in word, in thought, in attitude, or in deed. Yes, you can have a sinful attitude. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son up to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for our sins, however, our lies, our stealing, our lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, what other people have, our disrespect and dishonor and disobedience and having bad attitudes towards our parents, our taking God's name in vain and so many other sins. These are just five of the Ten Commandments. If we have broke one of them, we have broken the whole law according to the Bible. Jesus died for all of our wickedness and all of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, he was speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, the word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in, him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, that is, you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today so that you can be saved from the torments of hell. For the Bible teaches that once you die unsaved, if you die without believing in Christ, you will immediately wake up in the torments of hell. 
If you want to avoid that and wake up in heaven and in the arms of Jesus Christ, if you will, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ down here. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever, whosoever, that, there's that word again, whosoever, anybody at any time, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. It's very simple to be saved, very easy to be saved, contrary to what people will tell you. You don't have to be in a church building to get saved. You don't have to join a church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. You don't have to do anything to get saved, but believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. And he will do so, my beloved. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So believe in your heart. Only you can do that. That Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven. I acknowledge that I am a wicked sinner, and I admit that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have indeed committed some of those sins that were mentioned earlier by the preacher. And Holy Father God, I admit that I deserve to go to hell just like a criminal deserves to go to jail. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my crimes and sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and uh, into my spirit and save my soul. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And Lord, I do, I do not understand it all, but I thank you for it all. And I believe it all. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins past and to truly repent of my sins present and to turn from my evil life and to follow you, Lord Jesus, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart as your Lord and Savior, 
and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible that I just shared with you, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. I want to congratulate you on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 9, uh, and this is what the book title is based on, I am the door, Jesus Christ said, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.